people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, It's okay. He'll be coming back. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host, Derek McCobb. That that really is amazing. Again, the sonic tones. <laughs> it's like he went into the stratosphere for a second. <laughs> it was weird. Like it's I like watched, Superman up there. I watched him up there, and then I was wondering, when will the apogee be hit? Uh-huh. Uh this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Wednesday, February 5th, from our favorite home away from home that still allows us to drink alcohol. That would be the Seven Stars Bar and Grill you know, in What's San great about Jose, this place, California. I come in here, and it's really dark, and I have to fumble around for a while putting everything together. That's just like home. But right now, it's like it's brilliant. My eyes get adjusted to it. I, I'm fine. I'm like in a... The back cave. Rick Breschner is like Doctor Midnight. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he works Glass of wine and I can see everything. <laughs> oh my gosh! Great, McNighter. So, uh, of course, uh, as uh, there was our fabulous announcer, all man in Los Angeles. I am Nate Costa, and we have a guest uh, who was on the podcast a few times in the early days, and then did those things that people do. They she grew up. She grew apart. She grew up put away childish things. Are you kidding? And then me? had a child. <laughs> I picked <laughs> so, them back up again. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, but it's just it's shaking, shaking the baby's face. So uh, that would be, of course, identify yourself in case people can't tell there's a woman on the podcast. I would be the Aaron Frost, and now I'm actually Aaron McCracken. Okay, exactly. So you guys so. can laugh at that last name all you like. Nope, not gonna do it. Aww. And her, her, she I got that out of my system like two years ago. <laughs> she's uh, she's the feminine influence editor emeritus. Uh, emeritus, yes, yeah, actually. she was. I think the first. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, the only one that was not actually scared away by Alon Lopez. So no, dude, I see him at work every now and then now. So. Uh, are yeah. you are you over there? Yeah, I didn't know you were. I was. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm kind of on a break right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I realize that's where you were. We ran into enough. each other in the break room all the time. Oh, gave each I, other hugs. I hope that wasn't painful. No, not really. Okay, good. So anyway, he, kn- he knows when to stop squeezing. And our pod. <laughs> nice to meet you, Aaron. <laughs> nice to meet you too. No, he doesn't. He's like Lenny. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Whoa. Well, Aaron's you know, she's got soft hair. She does. <laughs> then, I'll why pet did the puppy, him. Why did the I'll puppy pet stop? Him and hold okay. him. All right, and there you are. And of course, our podcast producer Rick Brett Snyder. There you go. All right, so we've got uh, we got a lot of uh, comics news, movie news, television to talk about, and a little video game at the end, which is uh, I have no idea what it is. It'll be a nice surprise for me. Indeed. Um, and it's of course, a surprise to me. So. I, I understand. Uh, and. Uh, if it's not from Fisher Price, <laughs> you don't know. It's okay. No, no, Munchkin. Munchkin is the other one. I don't know uh, the game Munchkin. No, no, no. It's actually a brand. Oh, okay. Wow, well, that makes a lot of sense. Now I know. It's probably more fun than the game. <laughs> All right. Um, 
And so, of course, we're... There we go. Oh, I thought that was Nate. Uh, so that was... Uh, we are podcasting after the Super Bowl, so we'll be talking a little bit about a couple of uh, trailers that debuted at the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm going to begin with our... This is our, where we get fanny mail. So, Nate, theme song, please. It's not a kitty. We've got fanny mail. Thank you. Thanks to the Super Bowl, our fanny mail this week is from the man who made the greatest Super Bowl commercial in history. Not this year. Oh, please. Casino's Law? Oh, that maybe. is the great. That is the greatest. Set. And so, we just want to say, didn't that come on before the Super Bowl? No, it was it was only local. That was the thing. It was only ah, in, in Georgia. Okay. So in Georgia, they had this two minute slot. Very sincere guy. I read an article on it, and Jamie Casino acknowledged this. So I have not yet heard back from him on my bid to write the graphic novel uh, based on the superhero that he will inevitably become. But he did uh, tweet that he appreciates our support. So I, I thank Jamie Casino. I know it's m- minimal, but it's, a, it's an acknowledgement. No, it's got to be. It's got to be great for him to get a, get that kind of coverage on a fan site. Where I I, t- I tweeted directly to him. I want to write the graphic novel. <laughs> so he favorited that, but he didn't say uh, if he would let me or not. So anyway, uh, anyway, so that's the that's our our email for the week, and so we can get to uh, to comics, which is first we're going to take you. To the faraway land of Finland. Finland, Finland, Because Finland. I didn't know where else to put this. Because it's very comics related. And it's just bizarrely cool. And I'm probably going to mispronounce this name horribly. But um, hard-rocking Finnish bandman Tuomas Harlopainen of the good. band oh, Nightwish has finished a, his first solo album, a concept album... Based on, okay, if you were from a Finnish uh, possible metal band, Nate, what comics character do you think your solo album would be based on? Uh, (laughs) Such a difficult choice. Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom, that's a really good choice. That seems very Finnish. It seems very metal. If I didn't know the answer, I would have said asterisk and... Um, asterisk, ob- asterisk, 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 the gall, you know to say, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron, why not? Here, yeah, since yeah. it's free open, you can go ahead and say, you know, take your guess. Wait, my guess on... If you were a Finnish heavy metal guy and you wanted to do a solo concept album, what comics character would you base your solo album on? Iron Man? I don't know. She was told there wasn't <laughs> going to be a test. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. And the asterisk thing, that's weird. It's not big in Finland. That's it's big in Italy and France. Right, yeah. Uh, and no, but the actual but answer. But he, he traveled all over the world. The actual, the actual answer is someone else who traveled all over the world. Of course. It's based on the life and times of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, it's about time. Because right. the biggest comics character in Finland, I think in all of those Nordic countries, are the ducks of Duckburg and uh, the work of Carl Barks. But in this case, The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck was a, a series of biographical, if I may say, stories of Scrooge McDuck by Don Rosa, who is the second greatest ducks artist. In some people, actually the greatest, but you know, everybody kind of has to bow to Carl Barks first. And Don Rosa is still alive and uh, honored to have actually heard this concept album of Finnish rock music based on his work. And it's fascinating. And 
possibly, just possibly, I, I sent Rick a link to a video from uh, of, of the first single off the album. So, so let's listen to it now.
Excellent. Just I was making sure. Fantastic. So that's an interesting little thing. We did break this week that Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. are taking over Superman sometime this summer, which will hopefully... Now, when you say taking over Superman, you're talking about the comic book. No, they're climbing inside his body. Oh, okay. And, uh, no, it, that was the alternative. They are taking over the comic book, which I realize, of course, I failed to mention that on action, they, you know, DC has attempted, I think... Uh, yeah, it was a very a different good, cover this a week. A good creative team with uh, who's been on a couple was uh, Greg Pak, who's a great writer. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't think it had the impact. I think people kind of lost the enthusiasm, which they shouldn't have, uh, but for Superman after Grant Morrison left. You know, I was thinking about the Superman storylines, and they'd try and do huge stories in, like, two or three issues. Yeah. And then they draw out these dumb little stories to five or six issues of arc. I just think their pacing was entirely off. It's it's weird. So we'll see. But hopefully this will inject new life along with the rumor that Jeff Johns has taken over as producer of, of Superman versus Batman. Which, by the way, a little preview for minutes later in the podcast. Superman versus Batman is no longer the biggest train wreck in the cinematic movie <laughs> universe. <laughs> so, hey, congratulations. Who will that be? You got to listen another 10 minutes to find out. You win the Casey Jones. <laughs> There we go. Biggest train wreck <laughs> of the year. <laughs> and uh, I can imagine all that I can little say golden is God statue. God help us, everyone. God <laughs> yeah. help us. Uh, thanks, Tiny Tim. <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to that. Another uh, revitalization. Marvel has uh, trademarked. Uh, Just a second on, on the uh, Jeff Jones, John yeah, Romita. Go ahead. Uh, John Romita doing this is a pretty big deal, right? It is a big deal. This is the first time in. Well, he did do one uh, creator-owned project for, I believe it was Image called Gray, and uh, and then if you count, Kickass technically isn't m- supposed to be Marvel because right. it is a creator-owned Mark Miller, but it's printed through, p- published through Marvel. Okay. So most of. 99% of John Romita Jr.'s career has been Marvel. So they yeah. made a big rollout on their DC All Access video this week. It's funny. When I think of JRJR, I, I still immediately go to Iron Man. Yeah, I, think, I, I, I think go to Hulk. Some great Hulk, Hulk, yeah. okay. Hulk stuff. Spider-Man. And, and Spider-Man. A great, and X-Men. Yeah. A yeah. great run on X-Men. Yeah. It's an interesting style. It's not, um, you know, it, I don't think J.R. J.R., as they say. Is and, a, the, and the little art snippet we've seen so far looks a little, it looks like it's a little different style for him, too. It, that's true. It's, it brings out the armor plating that they've implied the uniform is, but it's sort of disappeared from yeah, the look. Yeah, and, uh And definitely is no, there's no S-curl, which I do find disappointing. Yeah, but the front of his forehead, right. But I think, yeah. but I think that, uh, you know, I'd like to see what kind of energy he, they bring to the book, which I've been buying all along, but has it's definitely, you know, gone wildly up and down. So I'm hoping that that's going to inject something cool into the energy of the title and again, like I said, if he's taking over Superman versus Batman, maybe the two will kind of align into a vision of Superman that we can all live with. Lord help us, they could bring some continuity in that whole thing. I don't know. But let's what get is that? <laughs> well, speaking of, see, Marvel, Marvel has a trademark Marvel on continuity. Marvel had to register a, t- a trademark for Loki uh, because, uh, you know, I, I, I failed to run with this, but Boom noticed that you really can't copyright a god. So in about two months, Boom's going to have a book coming out called Loki, Ragnarok and Roll, 
wow. about Loki coming to Earth and becoming a heavy metal musician. Um, and so... It's, it's a little disappointing, actually, for Boom to kind of... Yeah, but it, but it's more you know I yeah I think the timing of it is interesting, yeah. but I think somebody came up with it you know a, with an idea for for the actual uh, for a different version of the gods, and I mean just like you know Asylum the film pr- company did Thor, and then somebody else is pointing out to me uh, last week somebody sent me a, uh, a link to a 1982 movie called Thor. Um, and then that there was still there had been like three or four Thor, but maybe because he's right. he's, he's a public domain, yeah, he's, he's a he's, he's a, a deity. Yeah, uh, you know, so uh, it's not uh, it's not necessarily as pointing as opportunistic, you know, yeah. and that's okay. So, th- but at the same time, Thor is Thor actively worsh- worshipped now. You know, I don't know. I, I don't I, know I, if there is I anybody who claim who is. So I wonder what the difference is between deity and mythological f- figure. Because well, we, the Greeks, the Greeks worshipped our mythological, uh, what we now consider to be the mythological. Okay, thing. so for safety's sake, let's call him a mythological creature because I don't want to anger our figure. Board. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to anger any Sounds other pagan gods who are still working. Uh, you yeah, know, nice work if you can get it, by the way. Yeah, uh, and I look forward to becoming a pagan god myself. So, <laughs> uh, and now it's my favorite. Bacchus story. isn't taken yet. Well, no, I think Bacchus is taken by Bacchus. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You say that, but uh, you, you just want to get, you just want to throw down between Bacchus and myself. And you know what? He fights dirty. He'll throw wine in my eye. Yeah, worse things. Well, in my <laughs> eye, no. Just move your mouth up where the eye was. That doesn't work. I'm not Proteus. <laughs> that just got even worse. Right oh, when wow. you said that. I know. I'm not Proteus. So okay. Uh, anyway, uh, and now it's time for dirtiest. Conversation. Oh ever. no, but that was classical mythology right there. It was. That was that was not comic books, my friend. No. That's that betrayed an actual education. Uh yes. you know, perhaps liberal arts granted useless, but still. So, uh now would be the time for what's in the bag, in which we go over the week's comics, what we consider the most intriguing or most noteworthy of releases. We limit ourselves to three rather than go through the entire bag. I have my three. I have my three. What's in the bag? Okay, that's good, because you know what? I'm going to call upon you for yet another theme song. You're going to have to make up on the spot. So, all right, uh, Rick, uh, what's in your bag? What's number one? So, all three of mine are not from this week. They're from last week. Cheater! Because this week it actually ended up being... I wasn't that impressed with what came out this week, for the most part, of the stuff I bought. Okay. Uh, I'm sure. Well, we'll see. I'm sure you bought other stuff, and I I know you've already talked about Loki. And um, anyway, the first one I wanted to talk about was Shaolin Cowboy issue number four, which oh. wraps up what I had not understood to be its Dark Horse, and it's uh, it's issue four, which wraps up this uh, four issue miniseries. Four issue miniseries. Would you consider this worth buying the trade? Because I bought the first issue and forgot to buy two and three. This is like a really crazy 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 experiment in graphics because the last two issues are primarily him fighting his way through a zombie horde and when I say they are primarily I mean every page is him wading through zombies dispatching them Mm -hmm. frame after frame after frame because at the end of uh, I think it was at the end of the first issue He's obviously been run into a corner, and he's uh, he has a zombie fighting weapon that I won't spoil for anybody. But 
he wades back into them to to deal to dispatch them all. Yeah. There's some stuff that happens in the first issue that kind of comes back in the last page, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I was reminded a lot of the ends of two movies that also took place out in the great um, great empty spaces of America. This uh, this is obviously Colorado or someplace with high red mountains. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and the two movies are Easy Rider okay. and Electric Light in Blue, and a, a little-known movie uh, with Robert Blake um, as, a, uh, as a patrolman out in the, out in the uh, Arizona desert. Um, so if you've seen those, you probably might be able to guess how this all ends. Uh, but it's a real, it's kind of a departure for the Shaolin stuff, which typically has had really dense, indecipherable dialogue going back and forth between the uh, these creatures and things that he's encountered and stuff, and, uh, and almost like a uns- unsung mythos. Fair, because I I think we lo- lost track for those who remember Hard Boiled Comics way back when. Yeah. Uh, or was that, was that I don't know was that the name of the of the imprint when when Shaolin Monk first came. But my Shaolin Cowboy was had his own Shaolin, imprint. Shaolin Cowboy, no, 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 because it was shared with Doc Frankenstein. It was, oh, was the same. It? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was supposed okay. to be. It was, there was going to be a whole line of books, and then it just sort of, yeah. you know. Um, so what I've lost track of is how many issues were there of Shaolin Cowboy the first time? I'm sure there weren't more than ten. Okay, so it went a little longer than I thought. Yeah. Uh, but, but this this took me by surprise, only being four issues, and not me not expecting this with the last one, especially the way it ended too. Okay. So, so the um, question is, if you're a table, Jeff Dar- Darrow um, fan of his, is, an you're going to buy this because this is just like incredible panel but, after panel. But would you recommend this the as detail a trade paperback? Um, you'd have to really be a fan. Okay, so that's there. That's yeah. I would I would never give this to someone who wasn't already familiar with the character. Okay, so yeah. take that there. All right. Uh, in my bag uh, would be, of course, Ms. Marvel number one, the Pakistani Muslim teenage girl who is gifted with shape-shifting powers and uh, written by uh, G. Willow Wilson. Uh, we did talk about it a few months ago when uh, it was first announced. Um, you can read a pretty good review of it by Chris Kohler from Earth 2 Comics on uh, the Fanboy Planet website. And I read a pretty big preview of it somewhere, too. Could be. I didn't... I think it was a day that I could not, you know, put the art up. But um, but it was also in Marvel Now. They had done uh, six pages. That's uh, where story I read it. In Marvel That's where now. I read it. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's worth noting because people are going to want it as... I think this character is going to take off because even Axel Alonso today noted, and it's like, uh, gee, you think? Duh quote of the day was in an interview saying to the effect that basically if you go out to conventions and you notice there's a lot of women there and um, it's you know comics they're not just for nerd boys anymore um, and it's like yeah that hasn't been true for 10 years so um, Marvel's waking up to the to the reality that there is a very diverse audience out there and it's worth taking a shot and seeing right and this is a pretty major by giving a flagship Young, Everybody's a critic. Young female. Everybody's uh, fan. a critic. Yeah, uh, but by giving a shout, uh, you know, a shout out to uh, giving a flagship character name, right, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel, to uh, a Muslim character 
That is definitely, uh, you know, they've done, I mean, they've done in the sake of diversity, Captain Marvel, who later became, uh, what, Photon is what she's called now, Monica Rambeau. Um, right. But if this sticks, it's a great experiment, and give her a solo title and to see, and to put it in G. Willow Wilson, who is a well-known Muslim-American author, uh, writer, but she's, she's a novelist and, and memoirist as well. Um, I think... This is putting a lot of faith, if you'll pardon, no pun really intended. This is putting a lot of faith in it, in the character, and a lot of backing to it and support. So right. I, I have high hopes. I have not read it yet myself, but Chris Kohler, Down to Earth 2, really liked it. So I'm, And so far, he and I have not disagreed. Cool. So uh, that's my praise. So my second one. Well, what about Nate? Did Nate have anything? Nate, 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 Nate sorry. Yes. I did get to the shop today. Excellent. Excellent. I picked up book number one is Lazarus number six. Oh, I did buy that. I do have that in my stack. Excellent. Lazarus has yet to disappoint. It's been a good book. I am a couple issues behind, but... I'm actually a couple behind as well, but would you agree with me on... uh, My thing with Lazarus is a feeling that if somebody doesn't like comics... But regardless, it's, it's just to me like hacktivist. If you want to understand a writer dealing with fears of what, of where we might be headed, would you agree that Lazarus feels like an all too plausible dystopia? Yes. Yeah. Well, and in the back, he has these articles. No, no. <laughs> he has these articles where he he, he he publishes articles from around the world and news. Yes. That it's just like, hey, this is leading towards Lazarus, this is leading towards Lazarus, and this is leading. It scares the crap out of me. When we are only three weeks away from water districts in California going completely dry. Yes. And then people are going to start fighting over water. And then we're going to become, what do they call it, waste, you know? Well, it happened in the uh, in the 30s, I think, as well. Oh, <laughs> great. That's fantastic. Well, California Dust Bowl. Great. But we've got, we have industry that isn't, isn't dependent on our farming here. So we can buy oh, all okay. that snow that's falling everywhere else. We can buy the water. I think that. I'm, yeah. I'm praying that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm praying somebody figures out a way to transport that stuff around more uh, more efficiently. Teleportation. You know, if you're talking about it into bottles. <laughs> if they could only get into bottles. If they could only put it in, if they made a pipeline that actually delivers something valuable. When you consider how much a bottle of water costs versus a, a, the same amount of gasoline, water's more expensive than gasoline. Oh, oh my gosh. That's a hey. Thanks for that perspective. There you go. Uh, Always here to brighten your day. Yeah. So okay. my second. Although book, at the same time, it's less expensive. Depends on how picky you want to be. That's how's true. Zen? How's then? Out of the, you know, you just fill it up from that. You can get garden. You hose. can get a whole gallon of water for ninety nine cents, or you can get twenty ounces for a dollar fifty. It's true. It's the same way with Coke Zero. Yep. It makes perfect sense. Yes. Go ahead, Rick. My second book is, again, a futuristic story from, and I've mentioned this before, Howard Chaikin's Buck Rogers, which, again, unexpectedly, I had not realized this was a four-issue miniseries. So it it wrapped up with this issue. It wrapped up nicely. It wrapped up with the hero doing something you rarely see, which is convincing everyone to be peaceful. And... Well, I mean, I'm going to say, Chaikin is, and spoilers, what, the ending is peaceful? Um, that Chaikin is... Oh, there's a lot of violence before If that. you can go back and find my interview with him from about 
seven or eight years ago, and I just loved sitting down and talking to him. Um, his like issue with like young young bucks, you know, like Jim Lee, even you know these guys, the younger guys, is they don't know the old comic strips. You know, he's yeah. this guy who's gr- who grew up reading Buck Rogers and reading Terry and the Pirates, and so you know, Caniff to him is like that's the be all and end all. Uh, you know, these guys that were managed to put it into four panels a day, you know, in a, in a newspaper, those are the cartoons. Those are the guys he's aspiring to, which is weird because he's so slick and modern. Yeah. But yeah. he is so much dedicated to the throwback and the craftsmanship of the, of, the, of the pioneers. There's some great points in this magazine, too, because you have the people who are kind of like the overlords who have a secret that comes out in this, this issue. But they're, they're um, from China. You know, they're basically they're taking over the world. They're taking over the well, Americas. Well, the original novel, it was the Hans. Right. H-A-N. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And they are, a large part of the last two issues has been they're actually trying to put together a museum to preserve what was America. So it's not like they really want to destroy it because they hate it. They're coming in because you find out they kind of have to. Yeah. And, but they know they're going to kill off a lot of what they want to preserve as well. So it's a really complex plot. It's kind of hidden in there among all the, the Buck Rogers flying uh, backpacks and stuff. But I mean, everything from the, from the original storylines is in these books. And I would. And hi- the publisher, let's point that out because yeah, I this think. This is, uh, yeah, it's. Um, Hermes? Yeah, Hermes Press. Hermes Press, which is also doing my friend Rob Worley's uh, Scratch Nine comic. So they're making. They were doing these like collections of old comics and stuff in hardback and very expensive at, right. at Comic Con. Right. But they're really making a move into the monthly, uh, you know, periodicals. It's a cool, cool back cover too. You know. Just like oh yeah, nice, nice thing. So all right, we go. Buck and they Rogers. will. Uh, they say, stay tuned for more exciting Buck Rogers adventures from Hermes Press. So they're gonna. The, the storylines yeah. will continue. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so I did pick up also Loki, Agent of Asgard. I missed that one. I don't know. Okay. Where, where Loki has become well, a male model. Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think most notable, because apparently I saw Bleeding Cool, there's a panel or two where Loki admits that he's been uh, writing slash fiction about <laughs> himself and Thor. He's been writing it? <laughs> yes, he's been writing That's it. That's brilliant. <laughs> so and just spreading all just kinds of horrible Thor. stories. <laughs> <laughs> just to upset Thor. just upset Thor. Well, the, the, I guess they established... The Does he send Thor complimentary copies they from the publisher? They established uh, in Young Avengers that also Loki is kind of pansexual, which really is, shouldn't be surprising. No. Um, so it's an interesting thing. But definitely, you know, I think about this when you compare, and I think I did this on, uh, on the site, too, when I ran the preview pages, that um, this is male model. I think I have the Frank Cho cover. That, you know, Loki now is like... Because Tom Hiddleston is a heartthrob. But l- until the movie Thor, Loki has been portrayed as this, as just this evil-looking, craggy guy. And now, what well, kind God, of he's, he's kind gorgeous. of a you know, yeah, like big nose, ugly, you know. But yeah. but in Tales to Astonish, he spent a lot of time as Loki the kid, you know, Journey into Mystery, Journey into Mystery, right? Um, so ha- did he age? Quickly over a period, did he have a growth spurt? Did I think we can say uh, the revelation. <laughs> Uh, was Tom Hiddleston just too dreamy? Uh, yeah, that's probably part of it. <laughs> but the revelation was that the uh, spirit... I, would, I, I, I may actually be spoiling something for you, so I don't want to... Okay. Uh, but there is a reason. Okay. There is a reason that accelerates him forward. Because so. he hasn't shown up as 
semi-adult Loki prior to this issue. No, right. he has not. So, there, but there is a reason. So, anyway, except in that Marvel Now issue. That's my second. And by the way, also on the back, cool picture: Superhero Mashers, the most brilliant of the of the Marvel action figure lines yet. You yeah. can take them apart and mix them up. Yep. My son wants them so badly. <laughs> Alrighty. So, Nate. Nate, what do you got? Book Secret two. number five. Oh, I saw that too. Mr. Jonathan Hickman. All He's right. actually come out with a couple This book is nice because it only comes out once every ten months. Didn't they come? No, no. They came out with one just a, like two months ago. Well, that's good for the budget. That's really good for the budget. Yeah. yeah. It's so not good cool. for remembering what the storyline was. Better so. than DC releasing three annuals in one week. Yeah. Not that I'm bitter about last week, DC. Wait a minute. I just you might are. be. <laughs> Which three annuals came out last week? Earth 2, Batman and Robin, so the la- so like a last hurrah of Damien. So oh, that's right. Of course right, yeah. I had to buy that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but it's in my car right now. Okay. So, uh, so I'll go with my, uh, my yeah. last one, which is... I I brought this up last week as one it was one of my books. Is it Powerpuff Girls? No, okay. no, no, no. Sorry, it uh, it was one of the books that I highlighted just because it jumped out at me off the stand. It's uh, it's Stuart Moore and Gus Storm's Ego E G O, which stands for right, Earth right, okay. Galactic Operations, and this beat my expectations on every level: storytelling, art. Um, it harkens back. It's it's kind of like. Harkening back and pushing forward the idea of the Legion of Superheroes, but in um, a more I complex. I think you mean story. Justice League 3000. No, I mean Legion <laughs> of Superheroes. Um, I'm sorry. DC tells you now it's Justice League 3000. Yeah, I know. Okay. They can't erase my memory, though. Yes, we can. Maybe. Rick. I mean, maybe. What? Maybe. Okay. Um, but this this uh, this ended up being. I'm really looking forward to the next issue. It it was. Uh, it's like the best art styles of of. I, 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 for me, this was like a blending, of. Um, oh, uh, of, Jeff Darrow and uh, John Byrne, kind of like the, uh, if you melded those two styles in art. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'll take that. I I definitely saw the Darrow influence. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, I I very highly recommend this book, and now right. especially after having read it, and you've got you've got an older, it's like the pa- passing of the torch from one group of sur- superheroes to a new one, yeah. with some of the old guards still hanging around. There's story lines as to why the old guard is not still there, still kind of m- in mystery. There's a tremendous, there's like a MacGuffin villain who you find yeah. out isn't really the big bad three quarters mm-hmm. of the way through minor spoiler there but really really <sighs> solid story that's a major spoiler yeah uh, we have we have we have a rule <laughs> there what's th- the past that you can't go past the first half in spoilage okay so unless it's citizen kane in which case it was the sled the okay. villain is actually the least entertaining exciting thing about this book oh you say that but yes. what if it you know one man's trash i imagine it'll be more overlord. important later all right so uh, the third one I have in in mind, although I, I do want to say, oh, that Marvel, was from Image too. Yeah, Marvel. Why are you uh, putting uh, again good books on a bi-monthly, uh, two once every two weeks? Because I'm really that was it. a great cover right there. Uh, no, I love it. See, all New Invaders second issue came out after just two weeks ago was All New Invaders one. So at least I can read this tonight. I feel good. 
Uh, but the latest uh, J. Michael Straczynski from Image, The Adventures of Apocalypse Al. Yeah. I have no idea what this is. but um, It was described to me as um, kind of a what if 10 grand was a comedy. Yeah, you know, so Straczynski's just playing around with concepts, and I'm happy with it. So I'm looking forward to this. this is the latest from Joe's Comics, which, again, has a free audio version. So we could, I can scan it, and I can listen to it read to me. Just like my little golden books as a child, little golden go. records. Bing, and when, turn t- the page. And when Tinkerbell <laughs> waves her wand. Bing, bing. Oh, they've all gone to hell. Uh, so that's probably what's going to happen. There. I'm sorry, I said hell in front of a small baby. Uh, she doesn't speak English. She's not small brain. either. Are, are, are you uh, are you going to let her learn to speak English, or are you going to go for something else? Uh, English and Chinese. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're multicultural. Oh sure. There you go. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, so those are. Uh, what's in the bag? Let's go to what's in the movies. And Nate, I, we're getting very close to when I'm going to ask you to improvise a new theme song for what I suspect may become at least a monthly segment. Uh, but first of all, our movie section we should mention is sponsored by Cinequest 2014. Uh, I think it's actually Cinequest 24. San Jose is Cinequest. Yes, here we are in San Jose. And uh, from starting March 4th, to uh, March 18th, perhaps, is that the end date, uh, is CineQuest, which takes over downtown San Jose and will be at the California Theater, San Jose Repertory Theater, and Camera 12. Uh, and we'll be running at least twice a week uh, previews and reviews and uh, things on films that are coming up that we believe may uh, intrigue the Fanboy Planet reader. Or may reach beyond because we got a whole bag of <laughs> DVDs. And if you uh, want, if you want to see the Neil Gaiman, um, that is Sunday, March 9th, and you can get tickets on Fanboy Planet. You just click, and it'll take you to the Cinequest link. And I suggest you get, you get tickets. tickets as soon as possible because that's going to sell what out. Well, the, uh, what were the dates you said that it's running? It's uh, March 4th. I know is opening. Yes. yes. It closes uh, on a through. Sunday. And it closes on a Sunday, but I can't remember where the... Clo- it's, 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 it's the 16th. 16th. I was very close. Right. 16th. And uh, tomorrow we will actually begin recording next week's episode by sitting down with Kyle Burt of CineQuest. So you can look forward to next week's episode as we talk about some highlights. Uh, but I know what he's going to talk about. Um, and I've seen it. No, no. I mean, it, I, I, the Rick said he hasn't had a chance to watch that many. But I, I did, instead of watching the Super Bowl, watched... I think three movies from the Cinequest bag. I wish I'd done that instead of watching. I Super think Bowl. everybody. Uh, I did. I do too. Yeah. I think everybody would have wished. It, it. would have been far more productive. I yes. saw some. I saw some great things, uh, including which this week a review was up. Uh, the movie that really took me by surprise, My Prairie Home, uh, the uh, documentary, I re- which you have in the bag as well. So yep. you should you should check yep. it out. It's a very moving documentary. Very subtle, very quiet, but um, definitely felt like if David Lynch made a documentary, it was just really arty. It was cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway. Uh, so let's talk about rumors. I mean, I'm giving Nate a little time here. Uh, just as I was leaving the office, there was a, I don't like to put articles up like this, but we can at least talk about it. Is apparently, <laughs> Variety has reported that Evangeline Lilly, late of The Hobbit uh, and Lost, is in early talks to take over the lead role of lead female role in Ant Man. Yes. So why I don't like to write this thing down is because it's just early talks. It's not an actual... It's a rumor of a rumor, basically. And nobody knows... It's a rumor about a possibility. And, and, it, and nobody knows what character it would be. Now, to me, the obvious one is just forget about continuity and make it Janet Van Dyne. Just make her the yeah, lost. Yeah, sure. 
because if they say whoever whoever will take over this coveted female role will be for multiple films. And you could even do it as Janet Van Dyne without powers. Well, you should, and then yeah. she gets them. I mean, so what if it, you know, again... He I, gives her her powers. I, there, will be, there will be irony in what I'm about to say considering the next piece, but it's like you really don't have to stick to the most solid of continuity when so clearly they're not going to with Michael Douglas as Hank Pym anyway. Well, she's not she's not fundamental to his origin or much of the motivation of not to his, his origin, stories. but to his early appearances. Yes, she came along very fast. Yeah, once they were in the Avengers, they were pretty much because she was already yeah, she was already there by yeah. the time of the Avengers. So, um, you know, we'll we we shall see. Um, and uh, so I don't know about this, but here, Nate, here is the theme song. Here's the here's the sentence. You must work into a catchy theme song. Ready? Yes. How is Fox screwing up Fantastic Four this week? <laughs> uh, okay. Ready? Give it to me. Are you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> how, oh, how is Fox <laughs> screwing up Fantastic Four this week? It's like a Tom Jones thing. <laughs> Burt Bacharach. In, <laughs> I got a little my Delilah in there too. That's what, no, that's what I felt. It's like, what am I supposed to do? It's a bird rock, and then you got my Delilah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> every time you go away. Okay. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, there we go. Nicely done, Nate. I hope you remember that because I have this really sick feeling. We're gonna have to use that theme song at least five, six more times, um, because of course we at Fanboy Planet received a cease and desist letter this morning. Yes. Um, about. Uh, a casting notice that was actually a matter of public record in December, but because apparently either we reprinted it or we criticized it, Fox asked us to take it down, claiming that it was interfering. You think we had written something about how what a great idea it was that we would have got the same letter? I don't know. Uh, They claimed it was interfering with their ability to give the fans the movie they want by publicizing (laughs) the fact... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that they're not giving the fans the, the movie, movie they, they want. want. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't keep that. Was fo- uh, you can't, you can't. It's just ridiculous. And this is followed up by the Hollywood Reporter revealing the screen tests that are going on this week, in which oh, dear and Lord. again, you can see them. You can see it on Family Planet. I took I, I took headshots of most of the names mentioned in this screen test, and the thing is. Which uh, one, which one of the two is the adopted storm sibling? Well, and that's the and that's I, you know I don't know if I want to make make an issue of this. I, I could see where perhaps they're half siblings, or then I think, am I just being considered? And honestly, as is, am I just being considered racist because it's not it's not him, uh, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm that is my problem. No, it it is that they're not. That they're not screen testing African American actresses to play Susan, Susan his Storm. sister, and uh, so am I? And are they going to say that they're brother and sister? Am I racist? Or this is just a coincidence <laughs> that they're both they're named both Storm? Named Storm. <laughs> Why I'm Storm too? Well, we have that in common, babe. And that's great. <laughs> I mean, um, Johnny picking up on Sue. No, that's for Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Okay, um, which is probably going to happen in Joss Whedon's version. Anyway. Europeans. Oh uh, yes. So I have a you know. So I don't have a problem with Michael B. Jordan at, in that in that role. It's just find an yeah. actress of uh, of the right charisma 
who is African American to play Sue, and and because then I think it's almost like it's almost more racist that they're afraid to cast Reed and Sue as an interracial couple. Exactly. Exactly. And and so that's because when you when you put him up there, I'm going. I bet uh, I was looking at. I was anticipating. I didn't know either of the actresses. So I'm looking at going, oh, that's interesting. They didn't. Well, I do know. They didn't cast uh, an African American woman. Emmy Rossum is the. Uh, she's on Shameless right now on Showtime. Which and I don't watch. Lon loves her. But she was in uh, the film version of Phantom of the Opera. She was in The Day After Tomorrow. Oh. Uh, and a couple of other you know, things. She, I mean, she's a very capable actress. No, no question there. That's not. Uh, and Kate Mara is the other one they're suggesting. And she was an American. I, 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 I'm not a big fan of her. She's always struck me as. As a little hard, uh-huh. and I don't think that Sue, at least at the beginning, should be. I think that's a role, and it's a better arc. Is if she grows into uh, being the real, you know, the invisible woman. Well, I hope they're going. It sounds like they might be going with the Sue is a smart woman, a scientist as well. But that could be ridiculous too. That's what they did the first time around, and everybody laughed when what's her name, uh, Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. That's because it was Jessica Alba. When though. she walked in and said, "Hi, I'm a world class geneticist," or "I'm Christmas and Jones," I like, and I like long walks on the beach, and my turnoffs include cosmic rays. <laughs> uh, so, and accidents that put us in comas. For Have you met months. my friend, nuclear physicist Christmas Jones? <laughs> I love her too. Yes. I finally watched that movie after I don't know how long. Fantastic Four or the Doctor? Uh, no, no, I've been avoiding Fantastic Four as much okay. as I could. But no, um, it's not bad, Aaron. It's really not bad. The James Bond movie. The James Bond movie, and I, as soon as she said, "My name is Christmas," I'm looking at her, going, "It's even worse now that I have context." Yes, there is a scene. great, there's a great yeah. robot chicken sketch where he just makes as many horrible Christmas sex puns as he <laughs> possibly can. So that she gets bored of him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, why'd you leave me, Christmas? And it's very funny. Um, anyway, so uh, so there's that. But then the big bombshell is then they're looking for a big name to play Dr. Doom. Doesn't have to be a man. Doesn't like, it? <laughs> well, to me, it kind of does. What actress wants to be horribly scarred? I mean, yes. you have a problem with 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 every actor who's playing a superhero, taking his mask off. I mean, look, at we'll get to the Captain America trailer, but as much as I love Chris Evans, man, he's not wearing the mask very often in that trailer. Right, right, right. He's so maskless, I thought he was Tobey Maguire. And so (laughs) it it was, it's going to be hard to find, although now Lon, you know, immediately put on Facebook in response to me, Glenn Close, which I thought too, an actress who could, you know, control, but, but then she's so much older than them. And so, you know, it, it's... But my big point is, you read that article and you realize, after that season of this letter, every casting choice they're making goes completely in line with that synopsis. Which yeah. we can't talk about anymore, but it goes completely in line with the synopsis that they've debunked, and there it is. But I will say this guy, Christian Cook, I don't know who he is. I missed him in, Mercu- in that Romeo and Juliet that nobody saw, but he played in show. But my God, he's got piercing blue eyes. I totally get it, ladies. But then you're going to cast that guy as the thing? <laughs> it's like, but his eyes will be beautiful enough, even through CG. You know, you talk about um, more mature actresses who could possibly play that role. Well, they don't say more mature, doesn't it? Because it, well, I, it, they're having all Doom the, should be. Well, you went, you went Glenn Close. Yeah, and I would say in I, the I, article I wrote, Judy Dench. I know you did, and I, I think Judy Dench just isn't physically. There in armor, 
But you know who I would go? Blair Brown. From Fringe? Yeah. I don't think she's vocally powerful enough. She's... she's I don't think she's memorable hmm. enough there. I think she's Maybe. a good actress. I like Blair Brown. But she's not vocally memorable. Glenn Close is vocal. For that matter... Give it to Patty Lapone and just blow <laughs> the doors ooh, off of ooh. the cinema. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Wait a minute. That's intriguing. It's wrong, but it's intriguing. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so, anyway, there's that weirdness. And Nate stayed strangely quiet through all that because I think he's just weeping silently <laughs> he's saying, himself. Why are, they in, why are they even entertaining this? Boiling. You're boiling. So... And it was also announced that Painkiller Jane, uh, the comic book created by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti many years ago, is up for its third uh, transmedia adaptation. Now for with a screenplay written by... Didn't it have... It had a t- TV, had a TV movie, series, too. had a TV movie and a TV series, yeah. and it's going for a third go-round. Uh, the previous two did not go so well, but I think, again, it, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with giving a good concept a try again. They, they stayed just because really sci-fi screwed it up. They stayed, you know, e- even though it was sci-fi, they stayed really close to the original concept in the TV series. Okay. I, I remember watching that and being actually impressed with the whole, okay. you know. But people didn't watch it. But as no. a movie, it might work better. I think it was too low budget. Well, and that, w- and that could be. So it's about a woman who's in a near-fatal car accident or so, uh, and yeah. she awakens with healing powers so she has superpowers which comes back so now she's a bounty hunter who and she can't feel pain who can't feel pain but yeah. she heals but it's yeah. slow so yeah that's an interesting thing she's always wrapped in bandages now let's talk about those two fantastic superhero movie trailers that happened at Super Bowl the high point to me <laughs> when I watched them the next day on YouTube who was it somebody was saying that thank God we live in an age where we don't have to actually have to watch the Super Bowl to see these. Right, the exactly. Day. So Captain America, oh. the Winter Soldier. I watched the Super Bowl, and I didn't see that trailer. You missed out. You I, can miss, click it, I need out. to go find it. You can click on Fanboy yeah. Planet. I have the superhero trailers. I Easily will. to find there. Um, which also, the, the site that was supplying it also tacked on the Jaguar commercial that featured the Mandarin, Sinestro, and Loki... And that was beautiful, right. by the way. Just from right, my right, perspective. Right. And that, I'm not biased in any way. No, that was a beautiful <laughs> commercial. I had to acknowledge. I mean, say, the bluntness of saying Jaguar for wealthy elitist douchebags. <laughs> you know? It's like, really, it reminded me of that Dudley Moore movie, Crazy People, which you might want to have to have a sound effect ready for me. But when they had... Um, that, that Dudley Moore was like insane or it's like now the crazy ones on, on CBS right right so great show so he went to this actually I watched it this weekend it was actually pretty funny but he, he gets all these guys from an insane asylum and to be the ad campaign people and they get for <laughs> uh, for Mercedes are we talking about the crazy ones still because no, we're that talking could go about, okay. we're talking about, <laughs> I was going to say because that sounds almost we're talking similar. about the, precur- <laughs> the precursor film it's Dudley Moore and, and no Darryl I know Hannah. I know what you're speaking of I'm making a terrible and joke. they say and they say um, it's for the, so the ad was for uh, uh, I don't want to say Trans Am what's the what's the the real the sports car from Italy that everybody loved for a while uh, this Maserati Porsche no it's Porsche. Porsche. Porsche Porsche okay. and it said Porsche <laughs> for men who want to get <coughs> from women they barely know. <laughs> and there's like, and then they had this like, you know, the tearaway thing, and, and the tearaway said at the bottom of the poster that they put in, it says, yes, I want, <coughs> yes, 
Oh my god! <laughs> so I thought that's what that commercial, that Jaguar commercial, did. <laughs> it was like, I'm sorry, you may want to bleep that out, but it was still, but it's, it's still, an editing challenge. But I'll take it. I just put a sound effect over it. You love that? Give me yeah. a little, pew, and. Uh, that's a callback nobody remembers. I don't care. It's I like know. doing a nickel and chino. We've got to have our, our, yes, our, yes. our bit. We do this for ourselves. But, uh, <laughs> no, people remember because, remember, there are people that have listened to all That's 340 or watch. so. You know, and, they, and it's a badge of honor. I have caught up to all of them. I have it running on repeat in I my stereo at home. I can't believe that there are people that, that care about us that much. I love it. Write in more often. There's people. a lot of great stuff back there. In the and so, anyway... <laughs> Uh, that's what that remind, ad reminded me of. But the Captain America, you get your first really good glim- good look at the Falcon. Yeah. You get a, a stronger sense of plot. And the Winter Soldier is so clear. Yep. Oh, my God. You know, and I've been running the – Marvel's been releasing stills. They have they have nearly as many hero characters. As or, the Avengers. As the Avengers. But it's you know a what? team movie. But I've been thinking about this. That. But you realize that that's what you love in a great Captain America yes. run. You know, every one of those solo books – has this whole team of heroes yeah. in the books, so why not make the movies that way? And a lot of people Stuff aren't going to realize that for a long time in the 80s, it was Captain America and the Falcon was the title 70s. of the book. 70s. 70s. Yeah. Didn't it go into the 80s, or did they do it again in the 80s? They, they did it, they've done it again a few times. Yeah. But it was Captain America and the Falcon in the 70s. Right. Like it was Daredevil and the Black Widow. Right, right, right. You yes. Know, so, I mean, they, they made those solo books team books. Yep. They did. So I am... Sam Wilson. I am so excited for that. And Red Wing. And again, we've talked about it. I am so happy. Anthony Mackie is a dynamic actor. And again, I'm really on top of this. And I say, I, the diversity of giving, of, of getting a strong, not an antihero, because Nick Fury is an antihero, yeah. to give kids an African-American superhero who's clearly, you know, Anthony Mackie's a cool, dynamic actor. I'm so excited for that. So happy to see the Falcon. I, I, I'd be, I, I know from this press conference this summer, he's ready for a Falcon solo film. I'm ready for it, too. Or at least put him on S.H.I.E.L.D. a few episodes. Yeah. Um, oh, know, that'd be great. Falcon versus Deathlock. Um, so, anyway. So, that, there was that. And then there was the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer. Yes, which, I'm coming around on that one. Well, it's the same thing. It's stuffed to the gills with villains instead. Yeah. So, instead of heroes, we've got that. But what I really loved was, again, so much proof that... Even if the movie itself may may be jumbled, Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker is the Peter Parker I love. He's a smart aleck. He's he has a more of a Brooklyn accent in this one too. Well, he's probably worked. Did you on catch it? it? I yeah, mean, I did. I did. He, it, it was with in one of his interactions with Aunt May. His, what? He, yeah. What? Yeah. No, I'm just I, I I just love his portrayal of Peter Parker. The f- film might be flawed, but I am loving that we have Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. And I, I think this is the right one to have a lot of villains and just Parker because in all those great Sinister Six stories, it's well, all about how is this one guy handling all these right. villains. And then they are going to spin them off into the Sinister Six as a solo film. Really? Yes. Wow. I'm sorry, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Yes, they are working on a Sinister Six Solo film. So it's just them running rampant over. Well, then that's the challenge. How do you make a film about these basically these villains, and you know, know falling out because they what they're trying because what Sony's trying to figure out is how do you, how can you maximize in the way that Marvel has wow. managed to do with the few properties they have that are all related to Spider Man. Well, they could have Kane Marco turn into a hero. That'd be one. Yeah. And you got to bring him back. You got to get a new Sandman. Yeah, uh, and that's what we, we talked about. We did talk about that. Like, how would they spin it off? Yeah, uh, how would they spin? Who you know, Venom, be an antihero. Yeah, uh, and then we you could do Sandman. Absolutely. Although you have to be careful 
Because, well, no, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm saying this. Warner Brothers would have to beat them to it with Sandman, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. Huh. Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway. Uh, and, you know, it, it, and so uh, there's that. And then... Um, and then on Family Planet, you can you know I have the the longer one, which was Enemies Unite, the longer <laughs> the four minute trailer, which is really lays it out. So I got very excited by those, and of course again, the only problem I, what go ahead that I can see, yes, continuing to spread out. For example, the Sinister Six movie is that this is not a Marvel film. No, it's not a Marvel. It's not a Marvel Cinema Universe film. Right. It's a Sony movie, right? Which means anything can happen to I know. make it awful. I know, I know, I realize that, and, and even though it has Marvel on it, I get that. I do, because we were, we were seeing that with Fox. You're absolutely right, Nate. You are absolutely right. I did come across a great website, by the way. This is the time to mention it. Fanboy Planet. No, well, no, yes. I, I just want to make sure. I, second know. great website. I keep forgetting about that one and coming across it whenever you link to it. But the one that I actually you hurt me, sir. The one that I actually, <laughs> the one that I actually ran into the first for the first time was. The Marvel Cinematographic Universe Wiki. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I think they're running. Oh, no, it's it's not there. It's not okay. polished enough to be theirs. Okay, but it's it's like incredible cross-referencing of everything that's in there. It's got Shield in there now too. Yeah. Um, all the movies back through the Hulks. Um, uh, it was. I just was. Uh, I was great. just fun. Ha- fun to browse. Excellent. Excellent. I found it when I was trying to look up uh, uh, the exact quote for what they said in Shield this week about uh, Blonsky. Blonsky. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Uh, I will give a quick shout out. I'm not sure when you'll have this podcast up, but opening this weekend, uh, a fantastic movie for families to go and enjoy, and then and then walk into your local Toys R Us and drop hundreds of dollars. The Lego Movie. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, I'm so excited. He, even Aaron got excited. Well, that's no, it's a it's a wonderful film. I could not uh, the the hilarious thing. So I have to I have to integrate some of my son's commentary. Kid Macaw uh, was very excited because we've had this long standing rule with the Harry Potter films and the Tolkien films. You have to read the book <laughs> before you can see the movie. Right. Well, Scholastic has a junior novelization of the Lego Movie, so he gets <laughs> in the car Saturday morning and says, "I've read the book." Well, good Dad. thing, Dad. I've read the junior novels, so I'm allowed to see the movie, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> which was hilarious. He's pre-law right now, isn't he? Uh, be- yeah. <laughs> uh, philosophy major, I think, is where he's going. But better is then it's like the ending of the book and the ending of the movie are different, and there okay. are surprises in the film from the novel. So if you were reading the junior novelization, <laughs> spoilers, thinking that you were going to know all the secrets of the movie, oh, you're not. Anti-spoilers. Anti-spoilers. Well, it made sense because I, I thought for their for a novelization for a junior novelization audience of like kids eight to ten, there is something that happens in the film that probably as adults you would have predicted, but they wouldn't have, but wouldn't work in literature. It would work. It only works on on film. So I, I get why they changed that. But it was it, it was fun. It's it has an overall message of. You know, it's okay to follow the rules sometimes, but creativity is very valuable, and just go ahead and let yourself play. And uh, and the other thing is it plays an awful lot off of 
the Dark Knight version of Batman. So the other Luke McCaw commentary afterwards was like, it was kind of funny how Batman's a jerk. <laughs> like, I yeah, did like the one shot, one shot, one shot, one shot. <laughs> well, I still love I only work in black or extremely dark, occasionally extremely dark gray. Uh, but, uh, you know, and when I read an interview with Will Arnett and he was saying that, it's just like he just takes that voice. He's like, what if Christian Bale was saying the most casual things in that Batman voice? And it's true, you know, and so... Um, it was it was a fun fun movie, and there are surprise, if I may say, Lego cameos from from at least one franchise. I absolutely absolutely did not expect to show up. Lord of the Rings, no. Ghostbusters, okay. no. Though My they mention pony? it, they mention it as as Middle Zealand because they have a, everything has <laughs> Middle <its> Zealand. <laughs> everything has its own name. And, you know, it's like there's the Wild West, and it, and it's funny because the Wild West is clearly. The unsold Lone Ranger Lego sets <laughs> put together, and the Lone Ranger is conspicuously missing. But it says the Wild West, and then there's Middle Zealand, Middle but no hobbits. No, nice. you, you, you no. But they actually had the have have original cast members also voicing the characters, and that really surprised me. It was great. It was fun. And this Saturday at Toys R Us, there is a special two-hour event of uh, Emmett is the character. I can say, and Emmett, the construction worker, is going to evolve into Star-Lord this summer because it's Chris Pratt. And uh, <laughs> so I'm telling Luke that. Luke, it's the same wow. guy. Um, but they're having a special, you can build Emmett's car and then have a contest to see how creative you can be with those pieces to build uh. something else and to become the master builder. So that's pretty cool. And uh, so very, uh, I'm looking forward to, have, to taking him to the Toys R Us event this weekend as well. I, I don't think we'll go see Lego again but maybe we will because it was that fun I would go back and pay with it just take them again I, I just got so excited every time I saw the commercials on TV because every time I've played any of the Lego games and mind you I haven't played a ton but every every single version of it that I've seen has been clever fun like um, I could see an eight-year-old enjoying it, and I could see, I mean... Oh, I I'm, still say, hands down, best Justice League movie you want to watch is the B- Batman 2 Lego game <laughs> movie yeah. that they released specially a, as a Blu-ray. It's, you know... Head-twisting. 40 the, minutes, uh, yeah. No. My husband's best friend owns just about every Lego incarnation of the okay. games, and they're all hilarious, and we love watching and playing because... It, it's fun for us, but it's it's still all ages. That it's creative the creative team yeah. is there, and uh, it's uh, directed by the guys who did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two. Okay, um, and they've already and before it's open, Warner has already moved forward to do a Lego Movie sequel. Wow, and I don't know how that would work, but I really did. I but I have no no doubt that Lego the Lego Movie breaks the February curse. I wonder if and I no longer think that a movie's automatically going to suck if it's released in February. It would be cool if they found out that they could do a Marvel DC crossover Lego movie. Unfortunately, that's not the franchise in there, but yeah, it, it, but it would be awesome. It, 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 and, and to quote their song, everything is awesome. Uh, which <laughs> in, in this song about conformity, which I found ironic, is written by Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. Uh, you know, so it's like, Devo, I still find it funny. Went from such a, like, I can remember my mom being so horrified, horrified. by them. And now they Whip write it. children's music. She's actually music. whipping him. Yes. Um, I know. So, anyway, that's my movie news for the week. TV news for the week. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. There was one other movie preview during the Super Bowl. What was that? Well, uh, Transformers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just 
Optimus Prime, right? That's well, right. no, it looked ridiculous. Actually, the Optimus Prime. Age of Extinction with the War of the World sound effects. Down. <laughs> Down. No, it looked utterly ludicrous, but at the Mark same Wahlberg, time, I don't. Mark Wahlberg taking the other emotion he didn't use in The Happening. What? What? Say hi to Optimus Prime for It me. actually looked like good, silly fun this no, time. No, it didn't. Uh, yes, no. it did. Until, until actually Lon pointed at me, which I missed the first time around. Because I, I was just watching it on like, well, like my phone, so I didn't really see. I did not realize that it ends with Optimus Prime riding, riding a dragon. A dragon. Yes. So, okay. That's the only so reason. With a sword. Grimlock. It's Gridlock. It's a dinosaur. Grimlock, yes. Um, okay, for those of us who haven't watched Transformers since the 80s, he's riding a dragon, and that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 So, so no, what you do is you brace yourself before you go. You have a nice shot or six, and then you go and you laugh through the whole movie whether or not it's funny. You know, because that's no. what you, But this, no? this, uh, the the difference is, I think, I think you're right. I think I could do that in this movie, but the la- not Dark Side of the Moon because I still haven't seen that one. The one before that, no, Dark Side, uh, Dark of the Moon, Dark of the Moon was that number two? Is this number three then? No, this, this is, is number, number four. four. This is number four. So, so I was the see Shia LaBeouf the, trilogy, which was the th- second one. I forget him because he's it's, annoying. Uh, it's Transformers. It's. Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge, Revenge of, of the, the Fallen. Fallen. That and one then was dark of so. The moon. Yeah. That one had so many gross deaths in it. Yeah, Revenge of the Fallen sucked. Yes. Dark of the Moon at least has a pretty, in, pretty fascinating last forty minutes. It's okay. a, it's a tribute to the American military. It was, it was Michael Bay's. What if GI Joe and the Transformers could team up? Yeah. There was no. Yeah. He was, and and yet I slept because it was too long. <laughs> and that's what, and well, you know, that's my problem. You no, I'll buy that. Don't make a kid. And this is my thing. And, I've been in theaters. And Lon and, I, Lon and I argue this, but I go, but I've got to go with. If it is starting as a, t- a movie based on a toy, right? Do not make it a two-hour, forty-minute epic, right? Because at heart, it is a child's property, and right. make it appropriate hey. for children. Yeah. Oh. And I saw Age of Extinction. That commercial, despite the fact that oh yes, yeah, he's riding a dinosaur. I'm, that's awesome. There was nothing about the, the inclusion of Mark Wahlberg that made me think this movie is appropriate for children. This looks like they're really going to talk about the apocalypse. I felt like the first movie was actually robots. closer to being appropriate for for children. Yes, yes. Then, uh, because it had silly scenes. It the had first movie was appropriate. And it was still too long, but, but it then, was still. But yeah. then the la- the next one just amped it up, and it was just like, oh, really? I, I'm. This is like I could never conceive of bringing in. No, Less than it, a twelve to thirteen year old kid to see this. It was the new fifty two of Transformers. Yeah, movies. There you go. So, right, the Transformers are not wearing their underwear on the outside. Oh lordy, <laughs> don't get me st- finished. All right. So uh, also apparently there was a trailer for Noah, but nobody talked about it at all. Okay, Russell Crowe is Noah. So, but we know what happens. Spoilers: the flood. Everyone dies. Um, I totally missed that one, but all right. Yeah, everybody missed it. Uh, so, uh, and of course, then we, so I switched to TV, but then the greatest commercial of them all was Casino's Law. So once again, please go to the Fanboy Planet website <laughs> and click on the Casino's Law commercial if you have not seen it. It is the greatest commercial ever made in the history of the Super Bowl and only televised in Georgia, but now televised everywhere. And uh, Casino's Law. Okay, so. Uh, is he paying you? No. <laughs> I just want. I, I not want, yet. I want to create the superhero that he is so clearly about to become. <laughs> We had a really bad joke. We said, you know, I, I don't even want it because I, I don't want to. It's clear no. that he is sincere about his pain, but he's turned it into such an awesomely entertaining commercial. 
I'm, I'm torn. I'm really torn. Did you see this commercial? I, I haven't. I heard about it on the news, okay, so but I haven't I'm, had a chance to so look I'm at it. So I'm torn because there is a legitimate tragedy behind it, but he made this two-minute superhero ep- origin story epic, and it's like... <laughs> he, he call, uh, the uh, John Stewart uh, show called him, he really hates tombstones. <sighs> He, so there's something about no, that. It's that's so magnificent. The, that's somewhere it's, it's in the so origin. Mag, it's so magnificent. Uh, anyway. That was uh, Nerdist. Was that Nerdist? Nerdist, Nerdist did it. Yeah, I it thought, was on At Midnight. Oh, you're right. It was. It was the beginning of that. Okay. But Stuart covered, covered it as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just went for sincerity. I, I just took it apart for all the, you know, he's he loves his movies and he yeah. he's great. Yeah. So anyway, television. Seriously now. TV. Neil Gaiman has announced that uh, HBO no longer is developing American Gods as a series, uh, but Fremantle Media has picked it up, so it is still in development. But oddly enough, Anansi Boys is in development for the BBC separately, even though they are are linked. Have you read them? Of course I have. Okay. Because you could could easily do those as separate. Well, I realize that you could, but I just like the idea of them being together. Yeah. Because Mr. Nancy is important to both. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, there there is that going on. Um, That's. I really hope that American Gods does get made into... Because uh, that is that is a, one of my favorite books of the 20th, oh, 21st century. Oh, no, I agree with you. I, you know, we, I never came back around to you uh, to talk about... I, on your recommendation months ago, I did just... I rarely buy these things like, you know, walking to Barnes & Noble and went, oh, there is the ocean at the end of the lane. Yeah. And I bought it. And I know it was very moving to you. I was not as moved by you. It's not moved by you. I was not, not as moved as you by that novel. Yeah. No, or novel, novelette, because it is a little shorter. It's a little short. Uh, but again, just a great writer. So, again, Neil Gaiman appearing at CineQuest on March 9th. And I was so honored, honestly, to be asked. Uh, I begged to write the bio for him because it's just like that is my favorite writer and you know everything I just believe the philosophy going forth and you know by what he by what he does and so American Gods is one of my favorite novels I would agree with you uh, of the of certainly the 21st century yeah um, and uh, HBO and Playtone it was originally Tom Hanks was trying to develop it that was a brilliant combination to me that's where American Gods would work but American Gods will work It'll just, you know, I, I, I'm i sure, whoever, and I'm sure that, that actually when I think about it, Anansi Boys would work better as a BBC production. There would be fun. I could see it as a six-episode fun little series. Yeah. Um, I'm all for it, but I just, you know, I wish it was still all tied together. So there's that. On the BBC, of course, was Sherlock. I finally pieced together. It is not BBC America I need to be mad at for Sherlock. It is Masterpiece. Masterpiece, it yeah. is It is PBS that yep. delayed that broadcast. So, unfortunately, I am not as... You're probably finished watching season three completely now. I'm done, yeah. I, I haven't even started actually, so, it. It's waiting for me. And, so, and I watched episode one last night because I knew you would ask me. Because I've also been catching up on Sleepy Hollow, which, again, got to say, Sleepy Hollow is amazing and awesome I, and I, fantastic. I, I will have to go do that, binge it, probably in the spring or something. I joined Hulu Plus strictly so... Well, it was it, so I could watch S.H.I.E.L.D. when I want to. And uh, so I could catch up on Sleepy Hollow because it's great. The thing about Sherlock and the third season ups it again. I mean, every yeah. every every episode kind of one ups the prior one on how good a movie it really is. Yeah, and the whole 
and I'm going to use the Rashomon term twice in this podcast, but it was almost like the telling of the story from all the different points of view, even though they're all just imagining what it, what right. what what had happened in the first episode. Yeah, in the first episode um, was really quite cool. And oh, and the Aaron does not want the spoilers. See, good. <laughs> Well, I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm not. No, actually, I know. I know. There, I, there was not. I'm not saying what happened. What the cliffhanger was from the previous scene, and uh, but the idea that I actually held off on finishing series two because I didn't want that disappointment of oh man, I have to wait now. So I actually have. Have the, you have you finished series two? I have not. I have the okay. last episodes to okay. watch. Oh, okay. So so you know, when you watch the no, last, I know what happens because people don't keep their uh, mouths okay. shut. So I know that there's. Well, you know, Aaron, two years is a long time to expect people to keep their mouths shut. True. Has it been that long? It has been that long. Because he did that uh, Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, a year and a half. That, it's been a year and a half. Okay, see, that sounds a little bit Star better. Trek movie. That sounds, oh, a year and a half. That's easier. Star Trek. Yeah. He's yeah. In, yeah, Is that yeah. like Star Wars, only different? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's exactly like Star Wars, only different. <laughs> <laughs> I did, Great. I did actually manage to hand off my kid to somebody, so my husband and I and could go, go, go see, to see Star, Star Wars. There were, two, there were two movies that I abandoned my child for this summer. <laughs> so one of them was Star Trek. Um, well, what that's was another. the other? <laughs> we now have to know uh, what was the other. Iron Man three. Okay, well, it's reasonable. Oh, yeah, it's totally okay. reasonable. No, movies I abandoned my child for is a pretty good <laughs> podcast. If you title. would like to write that column, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I but, have copious amounts of free time right now. <laughs> oh, I could write you a Aaron. column. You could. You should. All right. <laughs> Come back, feminine influence. But, <laughs> but uh, what's amazing about this is people go, "Oh, it's only three episodes a season." But no, there are three episodes. movies. The it's three, three movies. movies. How often do you get to watch three movies one week after the next? It's like you really want to put them off one month. Well, on the but BBC, if you do that, they're going to spoil somebody else. On, on the BBC, you do. I mean, because Wallander runs the same way, uh, which I didn't even realize Wallander had gone that long. I've got to catch up on Wallander because I loved that, the Kenneth Branagh series. But um, I, I, I am very enjoyed. Once again, though, I think there are elements of Sherlock where you do have to have an understanding of British pop culture. Uh-huh. Because one of those Rashomon moments was funny, but it wasn't until afterward when they identified that Darren Brown, I was like, oh, that's right. I have no idea what Darren Brown actually looks like. I know who he is because I'm really into, into the culture, but I... He was the... I, yeah, I wouldn't have recognized yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I've never watched any of his shows. So, you, you know... It's but I think I didn't know that until just now, and now I put it together. Right, But it right. still struck me as this is somebody who does that kind of thing. Right, but if you were British... It'd be fun. His be first funny. appearance okay. would be like, ah, just like, just like Doctor Who did that where They have like obscure British comedians right. or obscure to us, but they're, you or know. they did all the British TV shows in that planet where they were all, uh, yes. made you die. Yes. Um, the game shows. Yeah. The, uh, the point, I'm, the, the point I wanted to get around to is I just started rewatching from season one. Oh, I'd like to do that. I yeah. watched, I watched the first episode and, um, first I was struck by the fact that, yeah, the, 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 the storylines it's not like a, a level of complexity but the cinematography and the way they the way they bring the story out is yeah. much more involved in the later I will say later I am getting, my kid is excited by your speaking of the first episode I, which I've I, seen it many times actually at this point yes I, I, w- I am intrigued now finally to, some people have said it's that it's decent and different enough I am intrigued to watch Elementary I have never watched Elementary I've watched a couple episodes. Just, it's one of Justin's favorite shows. And I consider as it is funny to me as Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch are really good friends. Mm. 
to see these two the, these two different takes on it. Extremely different. Oh no, of course they are. Like I said, you know, last summer I saw them both do Frankenstein, and they switched roles. You know, so I watched both both broadcasts with with them both in the role of the creature and both in the role of the. And it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. The differences between how they tackle the exact same material, they're in the same production, and they're just switching roles each night. But their but their interpretations are so wildly different. It's 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 just amazing, uh, and uh, and both sides, hands down, Cumberbatch won. I didn't even say Cumberbatch was again. You know the other creepy thing about it being on Masterpiece Theater? What's creepy about it? That when you set it up on your DVR to record, or at least on my DVR to record, it just it, says Master. You get all yeah, it says Master. What is your bidding? No, um, <laughs> sure you wish. You get that. all the Masterpieces. So I've got like Ms. Marple in there, and I've got. I've got Downton Abbey. I was going to say, you have Downton Abbey, don't you? Yeah, I've got all the season four of Downton Abbey being recorded, too. <laughs> well, there are people that would like that. I, well, I I, that's I've, why I started recording this. I've got, I've, <laughs> I've got uh, season one and there two. There is no it. shame on this podcast, Aaron. You don't have to like do that coy turn away. I'm so sorry to confess. No, I, no, you, you know I, watched the the first, I watched the first two episodes. I loved it. I wanted Debbie to watch it. She won't watch it because she's so afraid that all the period costuming is going to force her to go to the sewing machine no, and it run will. some stuff the up. The costuming, they actually had it on display at Valley Fair. The mall we missed there. it by one day. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's utterly beautiful. Like, I want to attack my sewing machine, and my sewing skills aren't nearly So, Rick, nearly some kind it. of time-release pill so that right <laughs> after you finish Downton Abbey, Just she like falls a paralytic asleep. that would yeah. keep her awake. Goes, no, uh, no, you know what worked for me is that I watched Kirari. the entire first... Th- Three seasons right after I had my daughter. I could watch it, so but I want to watch it with her. I know. You do, so do you try and drag right. your well, husband? No, if you, he actually ended up watching a lot of it just okay. because midnight feedings and everything. What and else are you going to do? What else right? are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. And, and he got sucked into it, too. Good. He was interested in what was going on. But there's nothing that kills any ambition to do <laughs> anything more than a newborn baby. So I think it's actually a lack you're, of you're sleep. You're sort of past that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if you, no, keep, if you keep Debbie awake for three days, <laughs> yes, there you go. Wow. <laughs> then let her watch Downton Abbey. Okay. Or, or just wake her up for an hour every two to three hours. That's all like, oh, maybe we could borrow a baby. You know, that's not going to work. Cause she She's kicks, right here. Would you like she, to take her home? She'll scream for a little bit. She kicks me out of the, out of the Brett cave promptly at 10 o'clock every, you know, she, no, she's, she's fiercely protective of her sleep. Um, and well, she should, for she has to put up with our idiocy. Uh, speaking of our idiocy, Shield, Nate, did you watch it last night? Oh, I watched it last night. Oh, did you? How did you feel? I actually took notes. Where's my cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was I was in Time Tunnel on my way here. I dropped yeah. by Time Tunnel because I haven't been there forever. And he had a he had, behind the counter in prominent display. He had an issue of Deathlock. I said, "Did you put that up because of the Shield episode?" He goes, "No, I haven't been watching that." I said, well, you really, he said, I just picked up a whole run of it. I said, you really should put that out there because those are going to sell now. Yeah, they're going to be huge. Yeah. I, I started watching it because I'm like, I got so excited. It was, you know, for everything that was advertised, I think my husband and I watched four or five episodes and we just keep looking at each other. Because what I expected, going back to what you were talking about earlier, that um, uh, the crazy ones would be awful and that yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. would be awesome. And it's the opposite. And it's the exact opposite. Crazy ones usually made us cry laughing, and Shield would at every Shield episode we've seen so far, we'd look at it, it would end, and we'd look at each other and go, "I would say I take it off the DVR." I would <laughs> say out of the problem is out of out of thirteen episodes of Shield, the first five are the worst. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figure. That's yeah. why it's all sitting there waiting for me to have. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But and I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even hour. say the the 
you know, it, it's like on a slow curve going up. It's kind of like they really had to find something that they cared about to to write some decent stories. Like about. I didn't think the pilot was that impressive, and yet it, it has become so crucial to what is cool now that you kind of have to watch a lame pilot yeah. to. That gives me hope, at least. Yeah, because yeah. It, it had Joss Whedon attached to it. When, have Joss, when Joss Whedon's attached to anything, I'm immediately, you know, interested. Well, and I want to be fair. Dollhouse, yeah. first four or five episodes of Dollhouse just kind of floundered to me, and then yeah. it got really, and then it got really good, just in time for them to cancel, cancel it. Well, no, it's with, Fox. with with uh, Dollhouse, no bitterness. It was no bitterness. really bad through most of the first season, and the last couple of episodes amped it up. He clicked the, into the real. Then they had then they had the prelude episode yes. which jumped ahead in time yeah no no, no. I, no I get it you know and then the next season was insanely good and no, it was too and late it was too late nobody was watching yeah yeah it, 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 i don't blame fox for that you know people people like to mock fox yeah they were trying and to there and there are many good reasons to mock fox i think i think, I think a you lot mentioned of at least one earlier yeah well, yeah. It doesn't work. but yeah, yeah it, it was in that case it's like that's just business and fox kept fringe alive a lot longer than anybody else thought they would you know, and and else one, the last season of Fringe was so much better than any of the other ones yeah, so. because they they amped it up and they jumped ahead in time and they told a big right. story arc. But last night's Shield, Shield was probably the best one yet. I liked it. I yeah. I, I Nate's got his notes. I'm going to let Nate take over for a it, bit because Nate was just a, doesn't hasn't spoken that much tonight. Yes, go Nate. Go Nate. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I really enjoyed the Stan Lee cameo, and I have never seen him have a poor cameo. Pimp and Stan Lee, no. to date. Again, I gotta say, his best cameo still, and no, it has, he has never topped it. Is Princess Diaries too? You know, I've never seen that. Crickets, Derek. No, but it's true. <laughs> it's it's no uh, crickets because we don't have an audience, Nate. It's actually true. He shows up at for the wedding of Anne Hathaway, and he's uh, her some, you know, some some relative obscure relative. I don't know why he's in that movie, but he shows up. He's an obscure relative who has learned English only through watching Three Stooges movies. Wow! So he only has a couple of lines, but they're curly impersonating. Impressions, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> so it's pretty funny. That's the best cameo yet. Yeah, but I thought it was good last night. I mean, but I, I they touted it as like Stan Lee was going to have you know, it, uh, I, which I knew yeah, they, a we, part. I, I knew he wasn't going to. I right? wish he hadn't actually been in it because I I would like to peop- have people just enjoy that on the basis of the rest of the story. Yeah, I mean the whole thing, the 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 bit on the train, the the yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the whole, go ahead, Nate. <laughs> Sorry, I keep jumping in. Uh, <laughs> I just had a couple. So anyway, I mean, <laughs> overall, I would say it was probably the best episode thus far. However, and this is not just a nit- nitpick for this show. This is a pet peeve for every television show and movie that has ever existed. When they give uh, May the infrared goggles so she can walk on the top of the train to right, find the right. case that they're looking for. Yeah, right. And uh, what's his name? Fitz or Simmons? Whatever the guy's name is. He's Fitz. Simmons. No? Is he Fitz? He's Fitz. <laughs> She's okay. Simmons. I'm pretty sure. Fitz or Simmons is uh, <laughs> talking to her through the headset and he says, you know, you're going to see the case and it's going to be black. 
So then she's looking through the roof of the train, and then on his screen, the black case shows up, outlined in blinking white. Like, oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. That, first of all, come on. And yeah. then it's making a sound when it blinks. Nate, 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 Nate. You see that stuff? everywhere during the winter time that is what that's the same as that's the same as having a computer draw the uh, 10 yard line that they have to make well on the 10 yard line doesn't make a noise and blink he nate understands that i understand that you understand that it's okay man it's okay (laughs) that's my pet peeve yes when something is blinking on a computer it does constant boop 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 it's for the vision impaired and there it is. Uh, now you know it's a, it's a, it's you know it's a it's a it's for the people to make sure they get it. For the yeah. people that have never used a computer before. I did like that. I don't like for the people that have never seen anyone drive and driving in movies. You'd be swaying back and forth over I the know, road. I know. I know. Yet everyone still does it. I know. You should watch my kids do improv scenes with driving. Oh, my gosh. I say, well, I was killed five times in that scene. Uh, you know. Act like you're driving. Okay. And they swerve. They're terrible. Uh, but uh, And then item does. number two. Item number two. And this is a major spoiler for the show, so if you haven't watched it, close your ears. I just wish they would let Sky die because... She is the only way she could be more annoying is if she was like a know-it-all and an imbecile at the same time, like uh, Andrea from Walking Dead. I see. Um, yeah, I had an is- I have an issue with her as I was thinking about it last night because of the like the questioning but not questioning. Yeah. Uh, who. You know, do you, do you ever know those uh, questions, objects of unknown origin to be people? And it's like, just be, come on. There's only five of you on the, six of you on the team. Yeah. Talk. Talk yeah. to each other. It's got to come up over coffee. Yeah. You know, and instead it's like, oh, it's an appropriate moment to say, you know what? I might be an alien. Uh, <laughs> I might be a Chitari. Yeah. Uh, I could be a scroll. If she's revealed to be a scroll, that would be awesome. That would be awesome, and it would make sense out of all the stupid things. I thought she's the scrolls were owned by the Fantastic Four. I know that's what because okay. that would be, be she's a scroll, and then it would flash. Screw you, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, taking it back. I, I did really like. I got a big laugh out of the part right after she got shot, and she, she's on the ground, and she wakes up and drags herself over to the door. And then starts whispering help in the house where the only people there are people, people that want to shoot, shoot her. her. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, I I think we're seeing a very slow... I, mean, I, don't think I thought she was still hoping Deathlock would come back for her. Well, he's not Deathlock yet. Well, he's got... I a, don't want to call his, him that. His knee's Deathlock. His knee's... He's got a Deathlock <laughs> Industries leg. I know. So, I want... I, that's a, I think that's the disappointing thing is that everybody expected like because they made the big deal he's going to be Deathlock. It's like he's going to no, guys. That's the season Someday. arc. The season's going to end with him like going, "Call me Deathlock," and then you'll go, "Boom!" You know, in season two, boom. Now some people are saying I, I saw today criticism online going, and Coulson won't survive season one, which uh, I hope to God is not true because I think he's so fantastic on that show. 
They're not going to kill off Coulson because he still has to be in the movies. And he's an LMD anyway, so there's probably a billion of them. Okay. We don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. Tahiti, Tahiti, Tahiti. It's a magical place. Anyway, you say it three times, you get transported in there? I'm hoping it doesn't work. I'm still There's still this huge slug behind you. Um, <laughs> is that still there? It's still there. Still With there. its tongue out and everything. Look, it's, honestly, it's a little... as cool as you thought that Jabba the Hutt was, and it is awesomely cool, if you bought that, where the hell in the house are you going to put it? The couch. Front porch. No, I well, front porch <laughs> maybe. I'm going to argue against the couch because what's going to happen is you're going to get up in the middle of the night, you're going to walk down the hallway, you're going to forget there's a huge hut there in the living room, and... Oh. And, and you're, you're not gonna, gonna make yourself. it. You're not gonna make it to the bathroom. You're gonna see that shape, and boom, that's okay. it. You know, a. I wouldn't be in the hallway through walking through the living room to get to the bathroom most of the time. And b. The goal is that somebody else would be, and that would be half the fun. Yeah, I yeah. see. Right. <laughs> so I'd have it up on the front porch in that planter area underneath yeah. the window there. No, no, I know exactly where we go. Can you for hide you. it? Can you hide it in some bushes? It's that's a planter area. There are have it like peeking that kind of around the bushes proof. just to make it as cool no, as yeah. possible. I, it could I, be. I, you just shellac it like with ninety coats of uh, yeah, maybe. lacquer. Yeah. <laughs> you make okay. it look all shiny and then wet. What I want to say here and now is, Rick, I am disappointed in you that, that it's taking you this long to think about it. And oh, no, I, I thought about it. I expect you to go ahead and purchase this, mm. and the next time we record out of the Brett Cave... Did we tell you how much it was? I expect, like, 350 Yeah. I expect to be terrified, because I'll have forgotten that Jabba the Hutt <laughs> was going to be in the plant, <laughs> so I'm going to walk up and knock, and you go... Extra points if, yeah, extra points if you can get it to move, like, be motion sensitive. the tongue. Yeah, no, that's all you need to do, because that'll freak everyone out. The only problem with that, though, is the FedEx guy will stop coming to your house. Yeah. So <laughs> shield, 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 shield. That down. So, so, we, we, so that's our. I think that we're done with shield. I mean, yeah. we enjoyed. You've got this game, Soul Forge. You want to okay, talk about? Okay. Okay. So this was a Kickstarter. Um, Soul Forge is a brand new uh, collectible card game, in the same way as Magic: The Gathering, or for kids who younger kids who played uh, Pokemon or whatever. But I but Magic: The Gathering. Come on. Well, yeah. Uh, sure. So the, the thing about Magic the Gathering is you, you open packs of cards, you get a random set of cards, you build your decks, and then you compete with other people. The thing is, there's been a Magic the Gathering all right. computer game, but it basically just recreates the, the card game, which is what people wanted who played that game. You could play with people who are not in the same house with you. Right, right. You can find new people to play, but it doesn't take advantage of the fact that you're on a computer. Soul Forge was written by, I believe it was written by a couple of guys who had won a bunch of Ma- Magic the Gathering t- tournaments. tournaments. Okay. Yeah. And they created a game in which you have a deck of cards, and you, you do it the same way. You acquire packs of cards. You can either buy them or if you, if you it's a free-to-play game. Okay. It, the first you get rewards for playing games and winning games that you can then turn back in for cards, and you can also spend more money, uh, real money, to buy additional cards. So you can build I up your that. deck. Okay, yeah. So, but you can... I have a great time just playing the standard decks, and I've... Uh, the, the thing about it is, when you play a card... Yes. It, it goes back into your discard pile, like collectible card games uh, okay. that are now called deck-building games. Yes. And those cards will eventually come back into your hand. But after you've played a card once, it gains experience, and it levels up. 
So the next time you ha you play that card again, it is at a higher level, doing more damage, having more protection, having different powers, and it's really a a cool um, a cool change of pace for and takes advantage of the computer managing all this stuff for you. Yeah. So you the uh, the decks are fairly small. You get thirty card deck. Uh, you, your yeah. deck is thirty cards. You can have up to three cards of any of any three of any one card in your deck. Okay. There's a deck building experience. It's free to play, so I'm I'm just recommending people get out there and try it out. If you play the first game, you play the first time you log in every day, you get a you get a reward. So you get silver to buy cards, okay. and you get you get a pack of cards. You get a special card. The first game you win, and the third game you win uh, that day, you'll yeah. get rewards as well. Okay. So you can actually have a lot of fun and, and not have to spend any money to to build up build up decks and they have tournaments yeah. and I stuff. I just want to mention, you, are you aware that there's a collectible card game built into the Marvel Superhero Squad online game? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, just just if you for people that want to like dip a toe in and it's got cute animated superheroes, uh, there's that. So. Yeah, and uh, so I wanted to mention this one and I wanted to mention the fact that there are the, that I've been woefully inattentive to two other computer card games, uh, not computer, but card games um that have been done in the um, deck building style. One is Marvel, the Legendary series. Yeah. And the other one is the DC uh, deck building game. Didn't we talk about it like early on? We've talked about it. I've never played it. I want to play it with you sometime. Okay. Some, uh, because they're both fairly simple to learn. I feel threatened and intrigued. So we'll try and get that done sometime when you're on like spring break or something. That'll be that. Okay. Yes. But Soulforge on soulforge.com, S-O-L-F-O-R-G-E.com. Okay. Give it a try. It's free Excellent. To, free to try. Excellent. Well, I think that wraps up the things we were going to talk about this evening. Uh, so, of course, you can find us on uh, iTunes. You may have. Please uh, review us. Please subscribe to us. Please tell your friends. Uh, you can also find listen to us on the Stitcher app. Listen to us at Stitcher.com. And same thing. Find us, review us, uh, and uh, subscribe to us. And, or you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. We appreciate that. You can also communicate with us on our Facebook page as well as Twitter, at fanboyplanet. We look forward to that. You can visit us and read the text uh, the text articles there on fanboyplanet.com, and you may want to pick up something you heard about. Uh, if you do not find They've got it, pictures, too. We've got pictures, a lot of pictures. Videos, if, too. If you did not find, uh, if you did not find uh, something at your local comic shop, you can certainly follow the Amazon links or donate to PayPal. And so... I'd say everything we talked about tonight you can read more about on Fanboy Planet. I think we did a, I did, did a pretty good job this week. Yeah. I'm so tired. Anyway... So, uh, plus there's Benedict Cumberbatch on Sesame Street, so that's something for everybody. So, oh, Aaron didn't, Aaron's going to go home and just look at the index page of Family It's Planet Benedict tonight. Cumberbatch and the Count. Yes. Okay, I can see what I'm doing with the rest of my evening. Yes, um, just watching videos on Fanboy Planet. Basically, yeah. Yes, that's all right. Okay, and that's all we ask. It's like a can a week for the Blue Diamond Gro <laughs> Uh So, of course, uh, if you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And uh, through next week, I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I am Nate Costa. Thank you. And our lovely to have her here and her baby. <laughs> I am Aaron Frost, now McCracken. 
Which is and a very is, long hyphenated is, name. Aaron that's why Frost we don't now well, no, 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 no. The now part isn't part of that. I don't hyphenate it because if I told everybody my last name was Frost McCracken, I'm pretty sure I would get looks of, that sounds uncomfortable. Sounds like a comic book character. No, that's Doesn't like, it? Slightly? Yeah. Isn't that what they did in, in uh, Wrath of the Titans? Frost. That's how they beat the Frost Kraken? Frost the McCracken. Yeah, they Frost McCracken. Yes, uh, Okay. Yes. See? <laughs> we made it not sleazy. We found a geeky way to put to, it. It wasn't sleazy to begin with. It was just uncomfortable. Oh, okay. And well. who's the set of pipes down there? Uh, that is my daughter, Kira. Yeah. Uh, Kira McCracken. Kira McCracken. All right. There we go. And through there, controlling everything. I'm Rick Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Use your powers only for good. That was extra harmonic this week. That's because we had a soprano alto? Uh, yeah. Ish. How's it going, Nate? Good. Good. Job hunt going good? Eh. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Did you even apply to the Fantastic Four job? <laughs> no. You'd make an excellent Reed Richards. Yeah. I'd make an excellent uh, rewriter. You'd make a great Ben Grimm. Script. Yeah. We just auto-tune you down a little bit. All right. Okay, man. Yeah. Well, then. We're packing it in, Nate. We return you right, to gents. Tiffany and Coco. Lady, child. Yes. All right. Nighty night. Have good a night, good sir. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.